Welcome to the Signature Grow the Game podcast. I'm your host, Dan Soviero, and today we're going to dive into the world of youth sports and speak with leaders who are making an impact in their communities. From coaches to program directors and beyond, we'll explore the latest trends, issues, and solutions in the world of youth sports. But before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Signature Athletics. Their game-changing team swag stores are designed to make youth and travel sports programs feel like the big leagues. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. All right, welcome to the Grow the Game podcast. I'm your host, Dan Soviero with Signature, and today I've got special guest, Mr. Adam Bachmeyer. Adam, great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So a little, little background on Adam. Um, this one's a pretty special one. We go way, way back. Adam was actually uh, one of the, the first people that I coached with out in San Diego. Um, my freshman year after St. John's, we went out to San Diego. We coached out there and Adam brought us right into the fold and just introduced us to to the whole San Diego coaching world in just the most unbelievable way. So um, I've had the fortunate um, opportunity to spend a lot of time with him over the last couple of years. And his story comes from a family of lacks of of Army lacrosse legends. Um, I think you've had like four siblings play there. Uh, Three, three of us. Three of you guys played there and then. You built some sleepaway camps in California, Las Vegas, uh, built a college program, St. Andrews University in North Carolina, right? Yep. And then now you're launching Liberty Hill Panthers, the club program over in Texas. And in the first couple of years, you've, you've built the boys and girls program K through 12. That's pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, super excited. We just wrapped up our our first year here, and uh, we've got over a hundred players. And um, you know, I took the job in October, expecting uh, just just high school boys this this first year. And um, you know, we we made it made it a point to grow as young as quickly as possible, right? To to sustain a, a good yeah for the program and we ended up k through 12 boys in high school and middle school girls so it's uh it was an incredible first year and and we're super excited that's awesome and uh for everybody listening um coach bachmeyer is rocking the liberty hill panthers long sleeve tee and the most motley ginger beard that i've ever seen (laughs) it's freaking beautiful um, so I also forgot as part of his illustrious resume, Adam in his spare time is also a pretty big, uh, CFO for, and has done some pretty big transactions. So, um, I think that Liberty Hill is incredibly lucky to get a guy like you and just knowing your background and how you're able to build from the bottom up and how you already know a lot of the secret sauces that, that make it possible. I think this is going to be a really special episode for our listeners. So thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So give us a little background. What was your sport growing up? How'd you get involved in the sport? And and what was your signature moment that kind of made you fall in love with it to the extent that you have and be so involved? Yeah, so um, I grew up in San Diego um, and played everything, right? There, there wasn't 
back then it wasn't a sanctioned sport. Um, and I played, you know, soccer growing up. I played tennis, I played football, basketball, right. Um, got to high school and, um, my, my dad had actually played intramural lacrosse at West point. Um, and, uh, he decided that he would take the the head coaching job there at, at Granite Hills High School in San Diego. And, um, you know, my brother started playing, my older brother, and then I started playing as an eighth grader, actually. Um, there wasn't use, so I was able to play, and it was club. I, I played on the high school team for five years. Um, I was absolutely horrible. I was tiny in eighth grade, but uh, it was awesome and, and loved it. And then um, getting into high school, played football, basketball, and lacrosse, um, and really just, you know, dove into the game and, you know, committed, um, to being, uh, a good ball player. And, um, you know, it, it worked out pretty well for me there and signature moment. Um, I don't know. Sophomore year was amazing. We, uh, this is a program that's not, you know, from, from East County, San Diego, it's not one of the powerhouses there. And, um, you know, we made it pretty deep in CIF playoffs in that first, um, that first year. But I remember playing in the first, uh, CIF sanctioned game ever in California. Um, we played Mount Carmel and one nine to eight. I scored behind the back had a couple goals that game. So pretty, pretty pumped about that. Let's go nine, eight. Those are the games you really remember. Sure. Yeah. I, I, so I picked up the sport. I think for everybody listening, me and Adam are probably going over the same stuff. We've talked about a million times, mm-hmm. but um, I picked up the sport in eighth grade as well. Um, so I was pretty late to the game. I played all the same sports that Adam grew up playing. And um, then when I went off to St. John's, our first ball ball game was against army. So that following summer, I went out to San Diego. And when we connected the first time, I was like, oh, an army guy. These guys are <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, I just remember it was so funny. But yeah, it's those those like developing markets. And now you're in. So you were in California. It was a club sport. I was in Florida. It was a club sport. We watched it go from club to varsity. And it's just it's yeah. such an evolution for the game when you can Huge. get to be sanctioned. And now you're in Texas where it's again, not sanctioned across the whole state and you're, you're kind of doing it again. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, Texas is interesting, right? Like they've, there's been really good lacrosse here for a long time, you know, and, and the Dallas and um, Houston and Austin markets, Um, you know, there was a goalie from Dallas on the army team while I was there. Um, So this like this, club atmosphere here in Texas has, has been the thing. Most of the schools are are dialed into it, right? You've got, um, you know, Allen high school and and these huge programs, ESD and Westlake and all these huge ones who pump out division one players. Um, it's technically club, but I mean, it's, it's treated like a full on sport. So, um, you know, coming to Liberty Hill was different in the aspect that this is, Austin area, but you know, we're, we're talking, it's a true yeah, program. We're, we're talking their own ISD. It's, it's a town of just over 6,000 people and, um, lacrosse is not, uh, so the, the entire town, 
not the school. The yeah. town is six thousand. Right, right. My high school was four. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the town is six. That's amazing, and I'm sure it's a big football area. Huge. So uh, Liberty Hill, from the start of time, has been an incredible football school, and you know they're they're challengers for the state championship every year, and in five A and. You know, that's it's an incredible program. They they it's run like a the, Friday night lights. Oh, for sure. That's that's cool. Sure. Yeah, that's they really run cool. the old school slot tee, like just oh, yeah, wing football. Tea. I love it. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So you probably it's probably pretty hard though to start another contact sport in a market like that. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, I, I think. I think lacrosse has enough visibility these days that like coaches understand that lacrosse in the off season is going to be beneficial to their football players. And um, we're fortunate to have at Liberty Hill high school, an amazing AD who's also the head football coach um, so great. who has buy-in, who understands the benefits and understands that, you know, it's it's going to provide an additional opportunity for kids to play in college. And, and yeah. that's huge, right? I think that is something that cannot be more overstated. When you're talking about like launching a new program or even growing an existing program, and you're really looking at the other sports in that market, not as adversaries, but as, as partners in creating yeah. a platform for these athletes to have a good time, become better athletes, and really fall in love with sports and hopefully take it to the next level if that's what they want to do. I think so often um, there's like the stigma of like baseball versus lacrosse or football versus lacrosse or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it's like, man, let's all get out of our own way and just right. these kids give it, give them an opportunity to experience the power of sports. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more opportunities to uh, play in college, have have some, you know, incredible college experiences and, and maybe a, a cheaper and, um, you know, better college experience, I think is huge. Yeah. Whatever yeah. sport it is. And keeps kids on the right path. You know, yeah. you get in a lot less trouble if you're playing three sports a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> any time to get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or any time where your coach won't find out and, and make it a painful uh, experience. So that's great. So I think this is a, a, a good segue um, to how, how did you get involved in Liberty Hill? What brought you down there? And then can you touch on just how you were able, like maybe there's one to three, we call it the signature sauce, um, the needle moving ideas that you've used at at and I'm sure you've learned them over the course of all the programs that you've been a part of and even the summer camps and everything. But for this program, how did you kind of bring all that in to the, to really grow it from, I mean, to do what you've done in such a short period of time is insane in a town with 6,000 freaking people. Yeah. Um, there was a set of parents who, uh, who had sons, play at different programs prior to their their current their youngest son who's a freshman at liberty hill high school um and because liberty hill didn't have a program they had to drive him you know 30 35 minutes to practice to the closest high school and um it was just a really tough situation and 
um, that I think there were enough kids who had like been playing for a while that they're like, look, we want, we want our youngest son to have the best experience possible. Like we'll sell out and do whatever we need to, to make sure that, that he has, you know, an incredible experience playing at Liberty Hill. So um, I will say it, it was, it's not me who, who, you know, was the impetus behind uh, making this happen, but um, they, they uh, reached out to me, they got in touch, the uh, U.S. lacrosse um, rep out here in Central Texas is actually best friends with my wife, so um, she knew I was, yeah, yeah, no way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Jess, yeah, 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 that is so amazing. Jess, Jess and my wife like grew up together. Up and, no and, way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes so much sense. That's why we have. Yeah. <laughs> Jess um, is a uh, what, what? She's she's in this like the CIA or forensic. Like she's she does something really big. She, in- yeah, she used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then she also <laughs> built like the whole youth program in te- Central Texas Youth yeah. Lacrosse League. Yep. And then she used to come to LaxCon, and every year we would we would host her, and it was just she's such an amazing person. For sure, for sure. So that connection happened. You know, I had um, been sitting at home since uh, you know leaving St Andrews University, and uh, she's like, "Hey, he lives." 15 minutes from here, you need to, you know, call out. So, um, made it happen. And, um, really again, like going back to the, the community has been so pivotal to making this happen. Um, and really putting ourselves out there into the community and, and from the standpoint of that, we're trying to, you know, keep this low cost in some areas and, and, um, Texas, it's super expensive to play. And we really like, we run our youth program at a deficit on purpose um, to get as many kids out here as possible. Um, so we really like community focused um, and and it started to build buy-in from, from all the parents and the families out here. Um, so really just building that that culture and and driving the right expectations and beliefs for the program is was really, really important, um, especially at the high school level. We've been really like intentional about building good young men and, and good leaders first. Yeah, we did win a lot this year. I'll throw that out there. And, and that wasn't the plan. Right. Did, did you see uh, Giannis last night, his his presser after the game? No, I didn't. So it was really cool and and resonated a lot. Um, The reporter asked him, like, hey, you know, do you view this as as a failed season? And he's like, Michael Jordan, you know, won six championships, went to the playoffs nine other times. Were those nine other times failed seasons? No, because you learned something, you grew, um, and you were able to build off of that. And I think that's super important, man. Like, I could not agree more. Yeah. Failure is the foundation of success. And I just did a LinkedIn post about this and we talk about it internally at the company all the time. We, we go for the type of, we go for the people who were like uh, a D one all American mention or like didn't get a D one offer and was a walk on the people who have, have failed 
throughout their life that know what it takes to be a winner and to be successful and know that 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 failure is such a strong foundation because you at anything you do in life, you have to fail to get better. It is there's no other way. Right. For sure. Yeah, that's such a valuable lesson to teach. And I think it's just something that's that's really overlooked. But one of the cool things that I kind of heard, and I think this is a little unique to Texas, and I, I think a lot of our listeners are from all over um, the world, but what, what you have in Texas is a bunch of little towns that really, really care about their community. And it, it really is like in the movies, like you see, where yeah. in a lot of areas, I don't think you have that same community aspect, is, or you don't have as strong of a community aspect, I should say. Yeah. So. How did that, how were you able to take that, that culture and that community of football and then translate it to, to actually lacrosse as well? Was it, it was that family and then the AD and how did you kind of connect the dots and get everybody behind it? There were probably 30, 40 kids in the area who's, um, who had played before. Um, So we really just leaned on um, those parents to, to get the word out, right? Like super grassroots, like, Hey, this is a Liberty Hill, you know, like master community Facebook page. We're going to start to get this out because everyone knows each other. Um, and we're going to get this out. And, um, you know, we got with the newspaper here and, uh, you know, we did a bunch of events. We, we ran like you know, tables at the the high school football tailgates, which has, you know, more people than you would ever imagine at a high school football probably, game. Probably more than 6,000, <laughs> the whole town plus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Um, in my time coaching and, um, you know, just and in business and um, across the board, I, I think it's my personal growth has been empathy and like, you know, having care for people and, and just building the right relationships. And, you know, that was really important. Um, just, you know, understanding the needs of other people and, you know, just having care for the kids because the, this isn't about me. This program's going to be here a, a long time after I'm gone. Um, and, you know, making sure that, that we keep the focus on the players, that we keep the focus on the community that makes this happen yeah. um, was, was really important. That's so cool. And I, I can say from firsthand experience that um, you you have a very inspirational way about you. And it, it's not the traditional inspirational coach that you think of. It's like, it's just such a cool, cool way that you connect with the kids and connect with the coaches and it's so authentic and it's just who you are. And I think that speaks so deeply to people because it's, it's authentic. It's real. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, and, and it hasn't always been like that, right? Like when I was a young, right after college coach, I was brutal right like <laughs> it was the like process yeah you know, we're gonna lay the hammer down and and that's just you know as as you develop like you understand that like you know every single kid has to get coached differently like you so and that, absolutely that's- differently like every single parent has to be talked to differently like everyone has different needs everyone has different stuff going on in their personal lives at all times and you know, I think it's really important to get to a place where you can understand that. 
Yeah, that to me is like true leadership. When you when you understand your responsibility as the leader to meet the people where they're at and you understand that your entire team has a variety of personalities all across the spectrum and maybe for for young Dan, you know, telling him to go run 10 miles and do a thousand push-ups and that'll work, but maybe for a young uh like my brother CJ like you got to really explain like why we're doing this because he's so political and he ends up being an engineer. I end up being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Coach us the same way. We would not have, one of us would have responded. The other one wouldn't. So exactly. Yeah. I think that that was one of the things that I actually really learned from you when we were coaching out in San Diego and for everybody listening, um, I, I coached a camp with Adam that stands out to me as one of my favorite memories coaching. And really like that was the moment where I knew I was going to coach for the rest of my life because just being in a, it was a four night, five day sleep away camp at San Diego state university, just incredible views an incredible group of kids. Um, We probably had like 200, 300 kids. It was, it was a pretty big camp. It was huge. Yeah. And we just, we had so much fun. The kids had so much fun. The coaches had so much fun. And one of the things that I remember that really stood out was like the way that you would joke around and engage with one group of kids. And and it would, could be just us walking to the fields and you just come up behind them. And it, you knew that this, these were two friends that, that would really like engage in this kind of humor and then be another group and you just ask them how they were doing and i remember watching it from from behind you and being like man this guy this guy's good like he gets it and i took a lot from that i really did that's awesome yeah i mean i appreciate you you gassing me up a ton here uh but you know again it's just been developed over the years you know like really sitting down every year saying, you know, where, where can I get better personally? And and I love summer camps and instructional camps. And I, I kind of hate that, you know, the club world at some point has taken over and, and we've, we've lost a lot of these instructional camps because it really is a time, not only for the kids, right? Like we tell the kids every year, go to camp, be terrible with your left hand. That's the only way you're going to get better. Right. And that's also with us as coaches, like, what can I learn? What can I absorb? What can I try differently in summer camp and see what happens? Right. And and there's, there's proving grounds for us all in, in the summer. So those are always really impactful for me as well. Yeah. And, and that really was the impetus that inspired uh, what my wife Maddie now runs 10X and the sleep awesome. that she's doing in um, Tennessee and New York and, and Florida. And the the thesis that we had for that when we really started like planning it out was let's let's make the summer camp that we all wish we got to go to yes. your kids. And for sure. It, it, that was that was the feeling I had when I was coaching with you at, at SDSU. I was like, man, if I was a kid, I and I was competitive. I really wanted to win. I wanted to be the best that I could be at whatever I was doing. That camp was not designed for the kid that like wants to be an elite player. I would have gone in a heartbeat. It would have yeah. been so much fun. It doesn't matter if you're trying to be the best or you're just picking up the stick. Those kinds of environments are just there's so much fun and it's a chance yeah. to just fall in love with the game. Oh, for sure. And you know, the, 
like not just me. I mean, there were everyone who coached there, like just genuinely loved the game and they were great, like teachers of the game. Yeah. Um, and, and they were awesome. And again, like going back to community, that community of coaches made that camp awesome. Yeah, they really did. They really did. Um, that location helped too. I, I got to say. Yeah, not, not bad. <laughs> that was my first time getting a California burrito. <laughs> listening, highly recommend. It's it's absolutely recommended. <laughs> so Adam, so let's boil it down. What what so what are the one to three needle moving ideas, the signature sauce that helped you grow Liberty Hill? It sounds like engaging with the community and getting the community to really get behind the culture of the sport and what you're the culture of the program that you're building. And then what were the other things that kind of got you? It sounds like you had a little bit of an advantage, 40 kids in the area, not a yeah. lot, but 40 kids yeah. in the area is a hell of a start. <laughs> from zero. Um, so how did you get them activating their friends? That's like one of the things I think a lot of our listeners are always wondering is like, some of them have, you know, 30, 60, 90, even 200 kids in the program. But how do you get those kids to get their friends to come out and, and fall in love with the game? Yeah, I think it, it started happening, you know, uh, three, four weeks into practice. I, I think everyone was initially a bit like, hey, we we hope this is going to happen, but but we're not entirely sure. You know, we don't we don't know Coach Bach. We don't know how this is going to go. Um, so we really didn't get that internal recruiting and until practice started and again like just being able to build those connections and to have the kids have fun and and um you know i i think that was a big part of it and you know even three weeks before the season ended we had a new kid come out you know and i mean super super cool we started getting you know varsity football guys out to the games they stood on the sidelines like coach we're gonna play this summer these guys are signed up for summer ball and we're gonna do that with each other um as a program and we've got you know 30 plus kids at the high school level going into summer this year and we'll end up with you know 50 55 next year at the high school program so i think just giving them an atmosphere that that they appreciate that they're having fun in and yeah. uh, you know I, I think that's that's what does it you know if they want their friends out there if if it's good for them if they're having a good time like they're gonna bring out all their friends and that's what that's what we shout for and that worked yeah, and I think one of the things that I heard that's a little unique that I think not everybody keeps this kind of open mind, um, but bringing kids, like leaving the door open for kids to come into the program in the middle of the season, at the end of the season, with three weeks left in the season. Right. I think when you're building a program from scratch, it can't be more overstated that you you need to create an environment where everyone's welcome, even if they're late to the show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we we went into the season like, hey, you know, this is let's view this as a, a the construction of a house, right? We are just pouring the foundation. We are nowhere close to having a completed house. And 
we're not going to be good this year. We're the underdogs. We chose with 24 freshmen on the team and half of those being brand new players, we chose not to play JV, um, not to play. There's four classes in Texas, A, B, C, D. Uh, we chose to play in class C. Um, and we knew every game we were an underdog and, and we were going to take our beatings this first year a little bit from some of the top programs in that class. Right. But um, again, to build that resiliency was important. And, and I'm super blessed to have a team that had fun the entire time that never gave up. Um, you know, moral victories are what they are, but, you know, to, to have basically every single person we played this year say, Hey coach, your guys did not quit at all. It's incredible, you know? And I mean, again, it's, it's the players. This doesn't happen without guys like that. Like a lot of people would be down on themselves. Um, they didn't stop. And I appreciate it. That's amazing. I think one of the things that is, um, is really important as, as coaches to instill in, in players and in the culture of the communities is, um, that resilience that you're talking about. It's that never lose on effort, you know? Right, like, right. That's the thing you can just control. You could lose the game, but if you lost because the other team put in more effort than you, shame on you. That that can't happen. Right. Um, if you lose because you gave it your best, you gave it all you had, and they just the other team stacked up a little better, that is that moral victory that, like, builds that resiliency right. that, that – keeps things going and it doesn't really take away from the momentum that you're building, even though you go 0 and 12 in your first year. Exactly. I mean, you've got like, you're playing a team of 20 seniors, you know, they're, they're a little bit athletically developed as compared to the freshmen, but you know, they, they took it to heart my entire career. I've, I've always said, you know, a thousand times a game, like if you're going to make a mistake, make it aggressively. Um, and we did that, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that. So. That is, uh, that, that resonates a lot as a, uh, knowing that you, you played at army. <laughs> I remember, I mean, it's, you know, don't, don't be passive, right? Like that's not going to help you like make a decision and go for it. And it may be the wrong one, but that's all right. Yeah. The, the thing I remember most about that that fall ball game and playing Army was when we first got out on the fields, and this is fall in, in upstate New York. It's cold. It's really cold. And it, and Army looks like it's like Hogwarts. It's on this like river yeah. and there's a windshield on top of how cold it is. So it's just brutal. And we go out there and I'm playing it for St. John's at the time. And for us, this is a job. This is work. And then we see the the army team come out and these guys are having a freaking blast. And <laughs> it is like, this is their playtime. Right. For sure. Our job. And I remember that was just the most eye-opening thing for me because I love sports. I'm super competitive. There was, there were times throughout my career playing lacrosse and in right around like college where I was getting a little burned out and, and I wasn't yeah. having as much fun as I once had For Sure, watching those guys and, and then playing and, and getting after it with them. It just built up another level of a fire in me to like go after it and have like, this is fun. It's supposed to be fun. Right. 
Right. For sure. And you definitely can't lose that. And I don't want, and I, I was the same way, right? Like had that same burnout and it was tough and uh, really, really hard um, to overcome that burnout at some point. Um, yeah. So I hope you guys never get that. You know, I'm not going to force anyone to ever play year round. That's like, look, there are tens of thousands of division one players over time that have played three sports and guess what? They still played division one and they were probably all Americans, right? Yeah. They were that probably was, the that, better that, wasn't, that wasn't me, but yeah. you know, there are guys who were, you know, all Americans who played football, they played basketball, they played lacrosse in high school and, and it stayed fun because they took a break every now and then. Yeah. Right? And I think that's important too. I 100% agree. You playing as many sports for as long as you can and and really knowing that in that moment you might not realize it but there will come a time where you'll never get to put on football pads and right. play competitively ever again. Right, and for sure. Like that those moments are are few and far between up until you're like 18 and then you you, you don't even have the option unless you make it <laughs> to college level. So getting as much as you can out of the games and and having fun and playing different sports and you become such a more well-rounded athlete and the yeah. character building is different in each sport. You learn yeah. different things. Right. For sure. I mean, and, and again, we are super fortunate to have like the football program we do at Liberty Hill. These guys come in incredibly respectful they come in incredibly disciplined and and they know how to work right uh you know we've got liberty hill weight room is is the thing they talk about non-stop and um they do an incredible job at the weight room so i never have to manage any of that and you know that's uh it's a huge leg up just because these guys are playing football right yeah they that that community and that culture in that community is it is it athletic culture yeah. it sounds like yeah that's really cool well adam i mean to build the program that you're building there and to do it in such a short time and we know we're going to see some incredible things out of liberty hill so all the other texas programs better start watching out <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there for sure one year at a time one year at a yep. time so where can uh, our listeners stay in touch with you and, and follow along the journey of uh, Liberty Hill? Yeah, so our website is libertyhilllacrosse.org. They can always hop on there. Um, me, I'm on Instagram, Coach A Bach, B-O-K. Um, I'm on Twitter as well and um, LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out and I'd love to talk shop. Coach Adam is the absolute man. And that open invitation is probably the most generous thing in the world. So thank you so much, Adam, for being on the show. And uh, we're really excited to follow along and watch the journey. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Signature Grow the Game podcast. We hope you found our conversation with our guest insightful and thought-provoking. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And of course, a big thanks to our title sponsor, Signature Athletics, for their continued support of this podcast and their dedication to making youth sports programs feel like the big leagues. Be sure to check out their game-changing team swag stores to elevate your program's look and feel. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Signature Grow the Game podcast.